When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie Mae Peluso. I live in a little lemon. <laughs> a great revelation came to me from my co-writer on the show that I'm writing. And in the script, he described the followers of my character as May Bays, like Jessie May Bays. And I love it. I know we've thrown around a couple names for you guys throughout the years and none of them really caught fire. And I think this one can catch fire. I'm going to call you guys Maybase against your will or for your will. You depend. That's for you to decide. You choose your own adventure. But I am forever now calling you Jesse Maybase. Shout out to Casey Reagan for for the moniker. You're welcome. And uh, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm excited about it that we actually have a name for you guys now. I, I can call you something. Is that is that too possessive? I don't think I'm Gaga, but I mean, Gaga's got her monsters and I've got my Maybase. That's what it is. Hey, come see me live. I'm going to be at the Albany Funny Bone this weekend, Friday and Saturday, November 25th and 26th, two shows each night. Then I'm going to be at the Comedy in the Carlson in Rochester, New York, December 15th through the 17th. And then rounding up this year's tour, New Year's Eve, Friday and Saturday at the Funny Bone in the mall at in Syracuse, Carousel Mall, a.k.a. Destiny USA. That's going to be Friday and Saturday, ringing in the new year with your girl. All tickets are available at jessiemay.com slash tour. If you want to watch this episode, you go right over to the YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash Peluso. And if you have time, click like and subscribe. Leave a little note. Let us know how you like the podcast. We appreciate hearing from you. And speaking of hearing from someone, you're going to be hearing from me. This episode is an old school one. We're going hardcore old school STP with the one, the only, your favorite, Mava, Jesse May Peluso. Sharp Tongue Podcast. You're listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jessie Mae Peluso. It's a personal look. Well, it's not really a look because it's a podcast. I'm already fucking this up. This is kind of like a verbal comedy diary. A deep look into the crevices of my mind. It's going to get dirty. You might cry. You'll probably laugh. Hopefully you'll laugh. The whole point is for you to laugh, but you also might cry. I talk about my family. I talk about farts. farts. I talk about love, loss, comedy how hard it is to make it in this biz i'm a fucking professional each week it's something different sometimes i have a guest host sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode sometimes i just ramble about the bullshit i dealt with the week before you never know what you're gonna get it's raw uncut and funny it's me are we recording we are recording okay it is happening let's see do we have a good okay we look okay we're not completely horrified at the way we look which look that's that's a good start to the day when you're 40 and you're not horrified by your own existence I feel like that's a success you know it's all about how you measure life and measure your own success and for me waking up and not hating my face 
It's a good start to my day. Uh, It probably should be more positive than that. But this is where I'm at. This is where I'm at emotionally today. I'm enjoying a little bit of my brother-in-law's Nespresso machine. I'm in Syracuse, New York for the holidays. Well, the one holiday, Thanksgiving, which is always a tricky holiday for me now because Nance, no pants Nance, kicked the bucket November 13th, 2020, and her birthday is November 27th, Thanksgiving. So it's this grouping of grief holidays that are fun to juggle. That emotional juggles, definitely difficult. So I'm a little more ornery, as they say. I have a little bit of a spiciness to me lately. And it's not it's not the most delightful place to be functioning from. I feel bad with my spice and putting it out in the world. But it also feels good to get, ri- get rid of it and release it. I have to be honest. It feels really nice to release the spice. And one thing I've noticed for me is for some reason I'm off my workout routine. I got to get back into my workout routine. That's probably why my spice is a little bit more picante these days. I have to get back into my five, six day a week routine. I've been off of it for a couple weeks. So I'm sure that definitely has played a freaking factor in the attitude that has taken up residency in my soul. But you know, also, I know women, we have our own hormonal fluctuations and it's obviously an exhausted conversation, but that shit is real. Battling the ever fluctuating hormone roller coaster that we're on every fucking month is a, it's a doozy, man. Woo. It's a doozy. It's a doozy cruise. Truthfully. So there's been a lot of things that I'm balancing and trying to find a a place where I'm not being a bitch out in the world because boy, the bitch is brewing. The bitch is brewing. And you know, the, the good thing I feel is that I'm able to at least put that into something like on stage. I can sort of funnel that energy and that the overall frustration I feel can be put into something tangible and and somewhat useful hopefully I don't know hopefully it's useful it felt good this past weekend we had really good shows thank you to everybody who came out in Chicago we had shows at the Zanies in Old Town Carly Aquilino and I and we had shows at Zanies in Rosemont and it was a freaking blast it was Carly's birthday freezing I just wonder you know people who live in these inclement weather areas you know where where you actually get cold weather and bad weather and I'm from this area and I'm from the east coast I grew up with nor'easters I grew up with nor'easters that's something that only people in certain regions know what what it is sounds like a Scandinavian horror film and it is it truly is I grew up in nor'easters and you know uh, a perfect example i was i was messaging with my aunt who lives on a lake in in the the upstate new york area ish and she was like i hate it i hate this weather why do we live in it the world is so big and it's 
it's obviously not so easy to move, but it is it easier to sit and be miserable in the cold weather? I, I almost think people love the cold because then they can bitch about the cold. Nah, like, are they surprised it happens every year? <laughs> are they surprised every time there's four feet of snow? Ah, fucking here, the winter's back. Yeah, well, that's that's how the seasons work in places where there actually are seasons. The winter's going to come back around. Winter's coming. And it's going to be knocking at your doorstep and asking for your nipples to freeze off and sprinkle your yard with decorative frozen nipples every single season. You know, tis the season. You know it's coming. Why not move? There's a whole bunch of people who move. They leave. They get the fuck out. Especially in New York State. They go right down to Florida. Where I think it's the same shit on the opposite end of the weather spectrum. It's just a bunch of hot bullshit down there. A bunch of heat and meth heads riding alligators to work. Is it alligators or crocodiles? I should probably know this. Let me see. I always get the two confused. There's too much to know. Let's see what we got. Do alligators, what what kind of, how do you even ask a question? What lives in Florida besides crackheads? Florida should be its own country at this point. Is it alligators or crocodiles? It's a very common question. Alligators are more numerous in Florida than crocodiles. So they're both. I didn't really realize that. Alligators are typically found in fresh water. Crocodiles, on the other hand, are rare and secretive creatures that inhabit coastal, brackish, and saltwater habitats. I don't like the secretive description of a crocodile. That's like the type of creature that'll snatch your kid. I wonder if it was a crocodile that snatched that kid from Disney. That's terrible. Can you imagine that? We don't really need to go into it, but my brain did. The, the, the people who lost their child at Disney World to a fucking crocodile. That's a dinosaur. That's terrible. I can't imagine anything more horrifying. I think the only other horrifying scenario would be if like a hawk came down and took your kid. And you had to watch your kid get flown away. What a nightmare. I don't mean to laugh. Am I terrible? Something's wrong with me. Something's obviously wrong with me. It's just so, I don't like that they're calling the crocodile secretive. I wouldn't want to live in a place where I'd have to worry about a dinosaur murdering me or my family. And I feel like Florida is the only place where that really happens. Florida still has dinosaurs. So people from upstate love it. Snowbirds, they go down there. They go down to Florida, get their feet in the sand. I wonder I wonder if it's a slippery slope when you get down to Florida, if you start doing the street drugs that everybody does. I know not everybody in Florida is on drugs, but man, you guys are a lot of fun to make fun of. It's probably a little beating a dead horse at this point, but it does give us a lot of fodder and we apologize. We're sorry. We're truly sorry. I... Uh, back to my frustration. I feel like the airport travel has gotten insane. And I don't know if it's because people have forgotten what it's like to travel. I feel like we're sort of coming back into somewhat of a normal experience, but people in airports are so annoying. There should be lanes like there are on a highway where the left lane is the passing lane. And everybody who's slow goes to the right because nothing pisses me off more when I'm in a connection and I'm going through the airport and someone is stopping, looking at a, reading a map. 
in the middle of the the walkway in the airport or stopping just for no reason just looking up what, what what's up there what are you looking at go off to the side and then i'm an asshole because i'm in a rush yeah well i've got to get to chicago because i booked six weekends of work in a row that's probably why i'm also a little testy mama's been on the road we've been on the road every freaking weekend i've been let's see where where were we i i don't even know where i was i i land in a place and sometimes i don't even know where i'm at we did texas the first week of october then we did uh what else we got here carly and i did pennsylvania we did arizona portsmouth new hampshire this past weekend in chicago and coming up this weekend you can catch me at the albany funny bone friday and saturday two shows each night it's gonna be a blast i have a couple friends coming out on the show with me my friend marty caproni and uh, another new comic that i'm working with who opened with carly and i uh in pennsylvania i can't remember this kid's name it's in my text messages somewhere i should have his name down he's so freaking funny and it's nice to work with new people once in a while you know, it's 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 fun to give other people opportunities and also have a different type of comedy with you. His name is Brendan Donegan. So freaking funny. He's going to be with me on Saturday in Albany. And Marty Caproni is going to be with me on Friday. That's the Albany Funny Bone this coming weekend after Thanksgiving. And yeah, that just I don't understand. I, I do think we should have lanes in the airport. We need a lane. It's like a highway. Slower traffic to the right. People looking on the maps to the right. People dealing with their children and their elderly people on the right. I have seriously considered faking an injury just so I can get one of those escorts from door to door. I want a door to door escort, but then you have to really maintain the injury. And I'm not a good liar. I probably would give it away. I probably would throw myself under the bus. That's ironically how a lot of people probably need the escort is because they were thrown under a bus by an angry loved one. I saw this guy walking to the many prompts of people who get called to enter a plane before everybody else. You know, you got the military, which I never understood about the military prompt. I I, I totally think and want our military to get on the plane and get comfortable before everybody else. That's not the problem. I had never understood, and now it's starting to change, I've heard, but before it was always active military. Why not veterans? <laughs> if anything, they're the ones who should be catered to a little bit more because they're the ones who actually are experiencing the negative and adverse effects of war. They're the ones who already have been dealing with PTSD for years and visible and, and emotional wounds that they've been carrying. Why can't they get on the plane? So they got to get on the plane, what, group nine? That's absolutely ridiculous. My lips are so dry. I got to get some some juice for these lips. The, the season is drying me out. Let me, wait, I got something over here. Check out my pants. I got leopard print pants. It's the season of Aquaphor. I can't handle it. I never understood that. Why are we, why can't it be active and veteran military? doesn't make any sense to me. Some people are starting to do both, which is good. 
But I always thought that that was strange. Not that the active military aren't experiencing adverse effects as well. And not that, you know, pity is the only reason we should be taking care of our military. But they're our military. Let them get on the fucking plane. So they're calling everybody up, you know, people who need extra time. There's a lot of people who take liberty with the extra time lane on boarding a plane. Because some of these people don't look like they need extra time. They look like they look like they're just working the system. And I'm not even mad at them. I have to be honest. I've really thought about how can I get in on the people who need extra timeline. Because I saw this guy walk up and he he didn't have a limp. It looked like he was faking or feigning a limp. And he ended up looking like a pimp with a gimp. <laughs> Actually, it was a pimp limp. He had a pimp limp. He wasn't injured. I'm like, homie, this, they didn't say pimps. Are you ready? Please get on the plane. That would have been, you know, that that maybe we should implement that. Maybe we should have that. Like anybody who needs extra time and also pimps. Cause my man walked up and he had some swagger. He wasn't injured. He had swagger. And I was like, look at this motherfucker right here. I couldn't even be mad at him. I was like, look at this dude right now. Look at him go. He had like his arm moving with him. Like he is not injured. He is, he's running a prostitute ring. He needs a nap because he was up smacking his hose all night. He needs to get on the plane early so he can get settled. His leg is tired from kicking all of his hose. I looked at him. I was like, there's no way this dude is injured. There's absolutely no freaking way. This man has got too much swagger to be injured. This dude is just he's he's using the system is what's happening and i'm not even mad at him truly not even mad at him the the airport's an interesting interesting time it's an interesting time to be at the airport this time of year with first of all i feel like there's double the stuff in airports now because it's so cold everyone needs extra clothes so there's extra luggage people have big jackets so it's 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 kind of like bumper cars in the airport because there's extra padding and there's also you know just a lot of commotion and people not knowing how to travel it's it's such a frustrating thing to experience like travel is so fucking frustrating out of all of the ideologies we have and and you know all the crazy concepts and conspiracies I teleportation would be really great if it didn't injure you, there's no way it couldn't injure you. If you actually were able to teleport yourself, something gets lost along the way, right? Each time you teleport, you probably mess up some part of your body. You come back with less spleen. You come back with one less toe. I'd still do it. I'd still do it if I lost little shards of myself each time to avoid being in an airport during the holiday season. There was something really funny that happened once years ago. <laughs> I was in an airport. I was with my girlfriend. We were traveling and landed in the airport. I think we were SFO, San Francisco. And all a bunch of people are going to get on an escalator that was going, I think, up. I'm trying to remember the direction we were going because it's kind of a pertinent detail. I think we were going up. Yeah, we were going up and 
this couple that was a few couples in front of my friend and I had gotten on the escalator with one of those push carts. You know, the ones that you're not supposed to bring on the escalator because it doesn't necessarily fit. And it was a foreign couple. And not that that's an important detail, but, you know, when you travel to a country, you might not be able to understand the signs. You might not be able to understand the rules. So you end up inadvertently breaking the rules, but unbeknownst to you because you're only trying to get from A to B with minimal damage and you have a language barrier in the middle of all of it. So it can be detrimental. So this couple is on the escalator with the push cart thing that's not supposed to be on the escalator. And Aaron and I are a few people down and we kind of look up because the escalator's packed. And we look up and we see more people accumulating at the top. And we're like, "How? why aren't people getting off of the escalator? What happened was that Asian couple got stuck. And everyone behind them ended up having to pile on top of the Asian couple because the, the cart got stuck at the end. And so they weren't able to go anywhere. So people were backing up and backing up down the escalator. There's nowhere to go because there's people behind us. So it was this sort of thing where you saw this imminent death of you heading towards this couple and you either had to jump over the side and die or climb over them like you were traversing a mountain like you were hiking. So it got to, you know, the couple in front of us jumped over this, this little foreign couple. I think they were Asian. I can't remember if they were Asian or, or, you know, maybe Italian. I don't remember. They were foreign. They were speaking a different language. I think it was an Asian couple. And so this couple in front of us jumps over them. Aaron and I look at each other and I'm like, oh God, here we go. It's like skydiving. It's up to close your eyes and like dive. So Aaron leaps. She makes it. I kind of like, I do like a football, like, like a linebacker, just, I kind of like go right into them. Uh, Cause I think I was thinking I could push them through and get rid of the jam. And that only got me, that got me stuck into the, their cart. Now I was a part of the pileup and now people are climbing over me. And finally some guy just comes and bah, 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 just barrels through. We go flying like pins in a in a in a bowling alley and it was it was the most ridiculous experience I'd ever had in an airport truly was obscene and I think about it every time I get on an escalator now I'm like do I have the skills it takes to do what I need to do in case someone can't read the signs and doesn't know the rules do I and I I don't I really don't I think I'll get stuck every time because at the last second I panic And I don't have what it takes to really, you know, find the skill inside of me to survive. That's how it freaking felt, you know. Oh, God, I am so, is anyone else so itchy? Golly, this is something. That's a term I picked up from uh, Kalia McNeil, by the way. She says, golly, and I picked it up right away. It's It's one of my new favorite sayings. Golly, it's a good alternative to fucking hell. You know, it's a good alternative to a swear. Sometimes we got to clean it up. I um, I asked some questions on Twitter. I put a, a question out there about people and their worst traits. Because, you know, I think it's a good exercise to dive into the worst part of yourself and see if you can sort of unpack it and work backwards and try and understand how you occur. Because in this culture we always introduce people by their best attributes. You know, we're like, this is, this is Liam. 
he's an author and is he has a PhD. He also is a really great hockey player. And you're like, wow, that's a really, God, that's so interesting. You're so accomplished. And where do you go from there? There's no, you've already started at the apex. I think we should switch it. I think we should start introducing people with their worst attributes and have some place to at least grow from. Then you have a basis. Then you have, you know, a place where you can get to where you have improved in the conversation. I think we should start introducing each other by our worst traits. So I asked everybody online and we got some interesting responses. I won't say names, even though you can see it on on Twitter. This guy says depression comes right out with it. His worst trait is depression, which it's not necessarily a trait as it is an experience, in my opinion. But maybe it's so ingrained with this fella that he feels like it's his trait, which makes me sad for him because I feel like depression should be a season and not an entire experience or an entire way of being. So I hope you can get out of that and and know that there are ways you can get out of that. And I can certainly relate. You probably feel, you know, when you're depressed, you probably feel like, oh man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the Debbie Downer in the group, or I don't even want to go out, or I have nothing to contribute. That's a, that's a brutal place to be from. So I hope you can work on that. I hope you can find a way out. Someone said grammar is their worst trait, which I guess, I guess we can consider that a trait, especially if we're talking like conversational grammar, but grammar usually refers to like writing, doesn't it? Isn't it more about like your composition? I could be wrong. My mother was grammar police for sure. If you said something wrong, she'd correct your ass. So you would not last long in Nancy's kitchen for sure. She would correct you immediately vocabulary was she prided herself on her vocabulary so I can see how that could feel like a real brutal trait to have here's one that I think falls into the conversation this guy says social anxiety social being anxious is definitely a trait and I think a lot of us have social anxiety I do in certain scenarios you know what really helps you combat social anxiety? Not giving a fuck. It's actually fun sometimes to just not give a fuck and say exactly how you feel. And it's so interesting, all these societal norms that we've created to make everyone feel comfortable. Like these rules we've agreed upon that are the basis of communication when we're in a social setting. It's really interesting. Like for some reason, it's customary in our culture to do small talk. I fucking hate small talk. I can't stand small talk. I do like to talk to people that are serving me or helping me and make pleasant conversation with them. That's the one loophole for me where I enjoy talking to strangers, but even then it's not small talk. I can't stand small talk. What are we what did we gain from this? You know how the weather is? Exactly what it says on your app. If your app can answer whatever we're talking about, I don't want to have the conversation. If it can be answered on a search or one of your apps you have on your phone, I don't want to talk about it. Tell me something interesting. Tell me something that's going to shock and offend me. Something that is unique to you. I hate the, oh, 
How's the weather? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's cold. Oh, it's chilly. Isn't it chilly? Yeah, it's fucking chilly. We're in Chicago in December. Why is anyone here? Why is anyone here? Okay, guys, this holiday season, we're going to have to give thanks to my friends at Manscaped. They sent me a whole bunch of stuff to try. And even though I don't have a man right now, it was nice to imagine the scent of a man in my house. It smelled like I had a bunch of men in my house and it filled my 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 home and my heart and my soul with holiday cheer. And this holiday season, we're going to have to give thanks to them. I'm sure you've always wanted to make sure whatever you get your man, it's something he's actually going to use. And their performance package 4.0 will absolutely give you your money's worth. He's going to love the product so much. His confidence is going to shoot right up, girl or guy. Gift your man Manscaped this holiday season so his tree stands taller, if you know what I mean. That was... That was a peen joke. Help him join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and save 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com slash sharp. You think your holiday spread is good? It's time to give thanks to the Manscaped Performance Package 4.0, or as I like to call it, the perfect package for his perfect package. You can't forget Manscaped's liquid formulations. That's right, girl. They got liquid formulations. They're, they're like the pumpkin pie and ice cream after Thanksgiving dinner. You can't live without it. They got the crop preserver. What is that, you ask? It's ball deodorant. And crop reviver toner spray. Your mans are going to be living like a turkey in heaven with these formulations. We love to have the, the undercarriage of a man smelling like turkey dinner. <laughs> Manscaped has been busy and just launched their body buffer. Listen, between the crop preserver and the body buffer, I'm starting to feel lonely. So you guys hurry up, get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com forward slash sharp. That's 20% off and free shipping at manscaped.com slash sharp. Give him the best gift of all from Manscaped. His balls will thank you. It's so cold. I also can't stand Oh, So what do you do for work? I I don't I can't stand this for a lot of reasons. One it, it, it to me it's a limiting question. First it feels kind of sycophantic if somebody wants to know what you do for work. To me it feels like they want to they're asking that to figure out what they can get from you or to leverage. And secondly, what I do for work isn't who I am. And I'm not just I'm not just speaking for myself. I mean, for a lot of people, obviously, being a stand up is pretty integrated into the rest of my life. But I also have areas where it's completely separate. But I just think it's a I think it's kind of a rude question. What do you do for work? Like that's the only value we can bring is what we do for work. But it's very indicative of the society we live in. We live in this workhorse society, the rat race. The workhorses in the rat race. That's what we are. Your only contribution is what you can contribute. So it's a, it's a, I think it's kind of a really divisive question. But back to social anxiety, I think a lot of us have experienced it throughout our life. And I think it's something that's a little bit more prevalent after quarantine because of our obvious separation from one another, creating maybe a little bit more of a buffer and not a good buffer you know, a buffer that prevents us from understanding how to communicate. And it does feel awkward. I have felt it in my own experience and outings and have felt 
anxiety. And it, here's the thing about anxiety. Sometimes it's contagious. Like if somebody comes up to you and they're like, you know, and they're all awkward and then you, you get awkward and then the awkwardness just grows and it gets accelerated and it explodes in your face. You can almost spread your anxiety through the room and that'll give you more anxiety. Anxiety is a tough one. I actually have an episode on this on Sharp Tongue about social anxiety. I think if you want to listen back a couple episodes, I think we had we touched base on this. I talked about it a little bit. So it's not necessarily a terrible trait. It's a very common one. Oh, what else do we have here? Someone said I'm impatient. Impatience is definitely a bad trait. It's a terrible trait. I've had it in my life as well. I think it also is derivative of anxiety. I think when you're impatient, it also means that you are uh, anxious and you're living from a place of anticipation. Usually people who are impatient worry about the future and it can be not a lot of fun to hang out with someone who's impatient. Like where, where you got to go? If you got somewhere better to be, then fucking go. Head out. I'll be good without you. But I have, I've definitely been an impatient bitch. I'm probably still impatient sometimes, especially in conversation. I've had to learn that my brain sometimes functions too fast and my mouth doesn't align and, and the opposite happens. Sometimes my mouth speaks too fast and my brain is like, whoa, that's not, that's not where we wanted to put that. I think it's all about your alignment. You know, your alignment with your mind, body, and soul. And that when that's a little disconnected, then the impatience can kick in, especially conversationally. I've, I've experienced that myself where sometimes I cut people off or I'll bulldoze a conversation. It's also a symptom of having attention deficit disorder, which is interesting. Uh, you can get distracted and in your mind, you're having thoughts while somebody else is talking and you have focus problems. So you're not necessarily focused on what somebody's saying. Your mind, your mind's voice is overbearing and you're responding to that instead of to what someone's saying and you end up cutting them off. It's okay for podcasting, terrible for a conversation. So there's something to be learned there in that impatience. I don't really think it plays a role. It really plays a healthy role at all. I think it is a negative trait. I think it's the first one here that is inherently a worse trait or a negative trait. I think it's also derivative of perfectionism. And we all know how terrible that can be. That's exhausting. And being impatient, is it comes off unattractive. Not that your whole goal and your whole purpose in life is to be attractive to other people, but it's not an attractive trait. And I, I'm saying this from a person who's, who's experienced this and who's been impatient. And it takes a lot to take a breath and just go, it's going to be okay. And that's what you have to do. You have to go, oh, okay, I don't need to say everything that's on my mind. You know, I don't have to say everything. That's what I have to tell myself. Don't say everything. Nobody needs to hear this. Usually the first thought is the worst thought. So shut it down. Shut it down. Shut down that thought. Unnecessary. No one needs to fucking hear it. Not one person. 
So I, I can relate to your impatience. And the, the next little conversation here, this, this worst trait conversation we're having on Twitter that I opened up, the next submission, this girl says self-sabotage, which is interesting because I think all of these things fall underneath that. Maybe depression can be excluded because that's a different, unique experience. But, you know, the grammar, the social anxiety, the impatience, all of that can be a self-sabotaging trait or traits. And self-sabotage itself is a trait. But I think it's more a result of other things that you are implementing in your life or ways that you're being you don't even know. But if you have a self-awareness that you're self-sabotaging, hey, I think that's that's a good step. And I've certainly started to, well, not started, I've been on the path of breaking down the self-sabotage myself. And man, to peel that back, it's painful, isn't it? That shit is painful. But it's it's something that a lot of us do and we don't even realize it. You know, so having that awareness is, is a way to, to change it. I, I self-sabotage um, you know, it's not something that I even really, I'm aware of it now. So it's not so much happening now because I'm in this place of wanting to evolve, but it's definitely, um, I guess ways I do it is sometimes procrastinating. I feel can be a self-sabotage. A lot of people experience that and maybe it's a fear, just very generic fear of failure. I, I don't know. There's, there's so much to consider there. But I appreciate you guys being vulnerable on Twitter. I know Twitter's changed because Elon has made it so everyone has walked away now. It's going to be interesting to see what what transpires on Twitter or not. Who gives a shit? Does it even fucking matter? It's not a real place. You know what a real place is? The gym with real people. Remember my homeboy Peter? My Fijian friend from Fiji? He gives me these little nuggets of wisdom. He had a really good one. He said, it's kind of falls into place of what we're the conversation we're having he said stay away from bad habits and making wrong boyfriends I think he I think he kind of because his English is is broken a little bit I think he said stay away from making bad habits and wrong boyfriends which I thought was really adorable he just came up to me and said that I'm like damn damn Peter you know because he's self-sabotaging and impatience and not putting in time to learn proper grammar. Those are all, those are all bad habits. It's all sabotage and it's all bad habits. And the wrong person hanging out with the wrong person, that's not going to be good for you. You know, but I th- I think sometimes the wrong person is the right person, depending on what you're willing to take away from the scenario and how realistic you are about it. Sometimes the wrong person can be the right person for that time. You need to learn a lesson or there's an opportunity for growth or something. So, you know, and, and a wrong boyfriend can be a bad habit. You got to check yourself. You keep having wrong boyfriends. Well, it looks like you have a bad habit of attracting a certain type of person, right? Peter, my little Fijian, he, he's like my little Yoda at the gym. I got to keep getting him to give me nuggets of wisdom, truly, it's, it's, to me, it's, I look forward to it. I I hang out on the machines and I'm like, where's Peter? I need the input. I need him to tell me where and how I'm, I'm going wrong. Okay. Peter, 
Come save me. Mm. Do any girls out there have this self-preservation tactic, you know, on your, on your own journeys of celibacy, which we'll get into on the next podcast. Some interesting revelations have come about. (laughs) But do any girls out there grow hair as a preventative measure along their path of celibacy? In other words, do you grow hair and then keep yourself in this natural state so you're like, well, I can't be intimate because it is, it's a forest down there and we, we don't want to be intimate with a forest. And then that plan fails. Asking for a friend. Just asking for a friend. A Sicilian friend. Hit me up in the emails, jessiemaypelusocomedy at gmail.com. Let me know your answers. Let me know your answers. There is a new movie out that I watched last night, A Christmas Story Christmas. Uh, Peter Billingsley, who played Ralphie from the original A Christmas Story, produced and directed, I think even wrote it. And it was such a nostalgic choice for my sister and I. And a little maybe premature because it's not even quite Thanksgiving. We're, we're rounding the corner of it being Thanksgiving, but a little premature. But her and I will save things to watch together. And we watched it and it wasn't terrible. It, it was interesting because something like that is a sequel to such a classic, Amer- uh, an American holiday classic, like A Christmas Story. I don't know anybody else out there but who does this, but my sister and I watch it every Christmas season as well as Christmas Vacation, as well as Four Christmases. We'll throw a family stone in there, even though that movie hits a little too close to home now. There's a handful of Christmas movies that are just fantastic. Even Tim Allen as Santa Claus. Hello. Love it. Elf. Are you kidding me? Christmas Story is right up there. So we watched it for nostalgic reasons. And it's so interesting the hold nostalgia can have on you. And if you allow it to have too tight of a grip, it can warp your experience. You know, if you allow it nostalgia to be rigid, it can warp your experience. And I mean, by watching the movie, you're watching it from a comparative standpoint. You can't do that. This is a different time. Filmmaking techniques have evolved and technology has evolved. So you can't even hold the technical standard to the previous film it's not the same and you also can't hold the emotional standard it's totally different so you have to really loosen your grip of nostalgia and try to enjoy it and I did that I did that and was able to kind of experience it from a new place and also an old place like there was a lot of homage to the previous film and there was you know, he had some of the similar little vignettes that were in that original film and characters and actors. So it was, it was really cool to see. It was cool to see. And I did Steve Burns movie that Peter Billingsley was, I think he was an EP or producer on, and I got to meet him. I think I spoke about it on the podcast before this was years ago, but he comes up to me to give me, um, 
some direction and I just was looking into his big blue eyes and I'm like Ralphie he's like yeah 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 I'm, I'm Ralphie I fucking get it I'm Ralphie like he gets it all the time he's so cool he's like yep this is fucking me can we focus so it was cool to see someone who was such a big part of my holiday tradition growing up and also cool to meet them and cool to see the project they did it was all right it was all right it was cute <clears throat> There is a holiday movie I'm very looking forward to seeing, and it's a Lindsay Lohan holiday movie where everyone's saying her face doesn't move. Her face is not moving. How can she move your emotions if her face doesn't move? This doesn't make sense. It's not consistent. I need her face to move (coughs) so I can feel. If she can't emote, how can I feel emotions? I can't wait to watch it. I'm going to watch it and and tell you guys how I feel about it next week on the podcast. We probably should do a freaking bam with the Lindsay Lohan holiday movie. We missed a we missed a Halloween bam bong and movie. We might need to do one for the Lindsay Lohan Christmas movie. That would be a lot of fucking fun. I have to be honest. That would be a blast. Is that something you guys can't respond right now, but is that something you would enjoy? I feel like it would be. I might have to organize that. Um, we have a couple things, submissions. There's this one really interesting, uh, revelation that one of my fans let me know. Jasmine McCormick. She sent me this message, an email way back, but she says, my fiance and I wanted to send you a note and a picture of our baby, Jessie May. We adopted her from a shelter in May and knew there was no more badass woman to name her after than you. We think she takes after you too because she's a total spaz that struggles with adult ADHD, ADD, but similar. She's so lovable and makes us laugh every single day. The only difference is she can lick her own vagina. Well, now I'm jealous. Thank you for being an advocate for animals and being an inspiration to us. Now a question for Dr. Peluso. So this is older. This is from Halloween. Halloween costumes for your pet. Yes or no. And any suggestions on what Jessie Mae's first Halloween costume should be? Would love your creative input. And there's a photo of her. She's so cute. Well, Jess, I, I, I appreciate your patience that this is after Halloween. I do costumes with my dogs. Absolutely. My dog Bunny was Chucky. Chaplin was a, um, he was a lumberjack. Carlin was a hot dog. Basically my favorite things are what I dress my dogs as. I think Halloween costumes for dogs are adorable. As long as it's not something that's constrictive and restrictive and something that they can choke on. Let's have fun. You know, I, I thought of being a mother of dragons because I have three dogs. I think that one is still a possibility for next year. I love how, I love dog costumes. Does that mean I'm going to die alone? Probably. Probably. Don't be rude. Judgy and rude. Probably dying alone, but at least I'll be having fun in the house with the dogs. Okay? And speaking of having fun in the house, my co-writer of the show I'm writing created a really fun nickname for you guys, for my fans. Can I say that without it sounding douchey? He called them in the script we're writing Maybays, like Jesse Maybays, M-A-E-B-A-E. I love it. It's so that's it. You guys are my Maybays. I'm going to make merch. I'm going to coin it i love it he he wrote it i thought it was so clever and really sweet so you guys are the maybays want to drop that in there let you know spread it around let's see if it can catch fire you never know 
And speaking of you never know, we're going to go into one of my favorite segments. I say it's my favorite segment. It's the only fucking segment on the podcast. Carpe DMs. This guy says, oh, I might, I'm saving this one for the last. I'm saving this one for the last because it was too, too freaking good. Hold on. Let me get the rest of them. This guy's was amazing. I actually captured some this morning. This guy says, hey, you sunshine. Well, not too bad. You know, I was actually surprised the last Carpe DMs we had. People are really cleaning it up. They're keeping it cute. And this guy actually sent this on my mother's death anniversary. So I don't even know if he knew that. Maybe it was a coincidence. Very sweet. A little too familiar. Like, hey, sunshine. That's like something somebody who knows you might say or has some sort of previous you know, relation or not like a sexual relation, just like a conversation or some sort of relatability to you would say, but that's fine. It's fine. It's cute. We'll keep it. We appreciate it. And I am, I am a ball of sunshine. Not today. Today I'm a ball of burning fury fire, but for the most part, isn't that what the sun is anyways? A ball of burning fury fire. This guy says, yo, 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 what it is. Jesse May, you're wicked fucking hot. So he's from New England or he is just using that to highlight that he thinks I'm really hot. I'm really fucking hot. You know, it's an interesting delineation. Second time using that word in this episode, I believe between hot and beautiful. It's such a different feeling and tone. And I, at some point do women, I don't, I'm not experiencing this now, but I'm wondering, is there an age where a woman yearns for being hot? Or does she feel good about being beautiful? Because can an 80-year-old woman be hot? I hope so. But it's so interesting because as a society, we've decided that older people are gross in a way. Like older women become witches. Can't older women be hot? I mean, Helen Mirren's hot. I think Betty White was hot, especially with her personality. Jane Fonda's hot. I mean... Norm Macdonald was literally trying to bone Jane Fonda on his show. That's how hot she was. They had real chemistry. So I think I just answered my own question. But thank you. Um, wicked fucking hot. Uh, uh, thank you. Um, I guess I guess getting visual co- uh, compliments are going to be what it is. I wouldn't mind like your vocabulary is great. That works too. You know, like you guys should could start giving compliments on like a woman's traits instead of just her physical traits. But like, damn girl, your use of possessives is sexy. Like that's an upgrade. Just an FYI. This guy didn't leave me any message. He just video called me a bunch of times. Not creepy. Not creepy at all. Video called me at 10.30 a.m. on on November 4th. He has no followers and that's aggressive. It's a bold move. I don't even video call guys I'm dating. Well, that's not true. I will cold call. I I love a cold call. It's my favorite thing. Just cold call to motherfucker. What's going on? Catch you off guard. I'm OG analog, baby. I'm gonna give you a phone call. This guy, this is ridiculous. This, this DM, this guy has 20,000 followers and he's uh, middle Eastern and he says, oh my God, I accidentally found your picture. You look, you really look like my girlfriend who has been lost for a few years. Can I show you her picture? You are so similar. I am surprised. You have almost the same face. 
what uh, are you saying? Where's your girlfriend? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm in shock. What are you saying? Where is your girlfriend? Why has she been missing for a few years? Not even missing, lost. Why is she lost? Lost is an interesting word. Lost to me means that you know where she is. Missing indicates no one knows, but lost, it's like, well, who made her lost? That means she can't find her way. Why can't she find her way home? And, and why, why do you want to send me a photo? Why am I getting involved in the missing person's case? I'm sorry, the lost person's case. I want no affiliation with this at all. Only if she's beautiful. Does that mean? I hope she finds her way home. I hope she's not lost. <laughs> this is terrible. But between the, the, the baby being taken and swept away from, by an eagle and me laughing at this girl missing, something's wrong with me. But this guy wants to show me a photo? Is this a compliment or a threat, sir? Either way, I hope she's attractive. And I hope she finds her way home. Please leave me alone. Um, let's do my favorite one that we missed from a while back. I kept it because I've been keeping it in my back pocket because it's my favorite carpe diem I've ever had. This guy says, I think iTunes must be broken. It's not listing you as the hottest single. Boom. Mic drop. Doesn't get much better than that. Hopefully the single's not missing like the last girl. Hopefully the single isn't lost. Well, if you guys want to DM me, keep it cute. I, I, I pick the ones that, that resonate with me the most. And lately you guys have been kind of sweet besides saying I look like your missing girlfriends. Thank you so much. I love you all so, so much. Don't forget to come see me. I'm going to be in Albany this weekend at the Albany Funny Bone. Friday and Saturday. That's November 25th and 26th at the Albany Funny Bone. And I also will be at the Comedy on the Carlson in Rochester, New York, December 15th through the 17th. And I'm rounding up the tour. Last show will be New Year's Eve in Syracuse at the Funny Bone, December 30th and 31st. All tickets at jessiemay.com. Any submissions for the podcast can be sent to Comedy at gmail.com. And as always, if you want Dr. P advice or questions answered, you can go to my Instagram on Sunday and Mondays on my Instagram story. Submit there or you could submit via email. Thank you guys so much. I love you. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.